In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created. Everybody said God created. Amen. John chapter number 1. We're going to read two passages of scripture from that chapter. John chapter number 1. It's on page 1462, if you were wondering. Just kidding, guys. Amen. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning, everybody say in the beginning, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. Genesis tells us, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then we go to verse 14 of the same chapter. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. In the beginning was the word. And in the beginning... The Word created the worlds. Amen. And so tonight, I'm going to talk about this subject, the power of praying out loud. Hallelujah. There's power in lifting your voice in prayer. Amen. And we're going to talk about that tonight. I'm I'm praying that revelation would come today and that we could leave this place with a newfound understanding of how to approach the throne of God. Can we ask the Lord to speak to our hearts right now? Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for your goodness and mercy. God, I'm asking God that you would put your words in my mouth, put your thoughts in my mind, that I would say only the things that you would have me to say tonight. Let revelation settle upon this sanctuary. Let us be the vessels that you need us to be. God, I'm asking that you would allow the Holy Ghost to minister. God, let us be changed in Jesus' name. We thank you for it today. Amen. Can you give me a hand clap of praise before you see? Now, bear with me as I try to lay a bit of a foundation for where I'm trying to get to tonight. Believe it or not, the Bible has plenty to say about what you say. Um, I'm not here to talk about what we talk about and how we conduct ourselves in conversation. That'll be another time for another, probably the same place, just another time. Amen. But, uh. There is creative power in the spoken word. But before I get to that understanding, I want you to go with me in the scripture. In Proverbs chapter number 18 and verse number 21. Proverbs chapter number 18 and 21. And as you're turning there, I want to I want to step back for just a second, and I want to I want to help us to understand that 
I am not at all in this lesson, this message, whatever it comes to be, I am not demeaning anyone's prayer ever. Amen? I hope you understand. If you pray to God under your breath, if you pray to God in your mind, I understand that. But what my endeavor is, what, what the goal is in this service tonight is to help you understand that there is power in the spoken word when you're praying. And I don't want anybody to feel like I'm picking on them. So I, I wanted to make sure I put that disclaimer out there. Amen. Proverbs chapter number 18 and verse 21. The Bible says this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. James chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. If you've been around any length of time, you've heard me teach from this passage of Scripture. But John chapter, James chapter 3, verses 5 through 8 says, Even so, the tongue, everybody say the tongue, is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire. It is a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. We're still talking about what has been said from your mouth. Amen. He said these things have set, have, all, have done all of these things. A world of iniquity. The tongue is a little, among our members, is, it's a small thing. But it defiles the whole entire body. It sets on fire the course of nature. It, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. I didn't make this assumption. I didn't state this statement the Bible is the originator of this statement. The tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, and it is full of deadly poison. I'm going to just deviate just a moment here, and, and I used this the last time I used this passage of Scripture, but I don't know how many of you remember the massive fire that took out hundreds of thousands of acres out in California. And uh, it was down in Paradise Valley, which didn't become, it wasn't a Paradise Valley anymore after the fire run through there. Had some friends, they owned uh, several acres there, and, and they had a home there, and a, and, and, a, and a shop there, and they had to get up with everything, and grab everything they could with their arms, run to their car, and get out of town, because their house was directly in line of that massive fire. You say, well, what, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? I want you to pay attention. When, they, when I begin to do some investigation, and now I, I, the Internet's not 100% right all the time, all right? And you can also get different uh, uh, understandings from different people, and so you got to be careful. But based on what I could find, I found this in about four or five different sources. The source of the beginning of that fire was not somebody's blazing campfire. 
it was not somebody had uh, gone outside and, and decided to throw a cigarette down, although that's just a small little thing. But it was just two or three sparks off of a power line that started a raging fire that they couldn't stop. Just a few small little sparks ignited a fire. Our tongue is like that. There's power in what you say and how you talk to somebody. I don't have time to get into all that. We're going to talk about that some other time. But there is power in our tongue. In fact, the power of death is in our speech. Ah, man, I could get so sidetracked right now. How many times, God forbid it was you, but how many times have you heard somebody say, well, you just go to... Wow. You realize you're speaking death in that moment. You're you're casting some type of situation. You're, you're, You're wishing harm upon that person. There's power in the tongue. Things that begin behind closed doors, in communication between people, end up out in the world in reality. Hitler didn't start out with gas camps and 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 uh, Auschwitz. He didn't start out with all of those things. But his planning started back in a back room some, somewhere with, some, with some, uh, some, some folks that had a, a like mind. And they begin to talk. And action begin to grow from their discussions. You with me tonight? It's the verbal things that we say that can cause us to, to, to it, it, it can detour somebody who looks up to you. Amen. Again, I, I'm not trying to get into all of that tonight. I want to focus on, on one thing, and that's prayer tonight. But there is power in what you say. There is power in the things that you have to say. Why do you think preaching is so effective in people's lives? It's the spoken word of God. Amen. A man has went somewhere, hopefully, and spent a, a few, few hours praying and asking God, God, give me something to say to the people so that we can build their faith. Hallelujah. Amen. With our speech, we can destroy unity in a church. With our speech, we can destroy our brothers and sisters and even ourselves. With our speech, we can convince ourselves of things that may not be so true, but we convince ourselves of it. Amen. With our speech, we can destroy dreams and we can destroy ambitions that we and others have. In fact, it is a natural human tendency, if you think about it, to speak death and be unable to control what comes out of our mouths. This, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, this is why God chose speaking in tongues as the first and initial proof that we have been filled with his spirit. Saying God is now in control of something that we as individuals cannot control. Amen. Because no man can contain this old tongue. Amen. Praise God. The tongue does not only have the power to kill, but it also has the power to cause life according to Proverbs. And I want to focus on this aspect of 
of our spoken words. <laughs> Amen. I want you to ride with me. Go to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go through that chapter for just a few moments. Amen. I, I want you to see some things. Not only can we speak death, and not only can we speak judgment, and not only can we persuade and cause problems with the things that we say, but we can also bring life into others' lives. We can help one another with our words. Amen. We can, we can reach out and change our world with our words. The commission said, go ye therefore and what? Teach. Go and teach. I've never heard a teacher teach without speaking. Sister Andriana, she's, she's a teacher. Amen. Taught for, for, for many years, but you can't preach without speaking. You can't teach without speaking. And Jesus said, go and teach. Amen. Why are we teaching? We're teaching the gospel. We're bringing life to people's lives. We're bringing hope to people who are hopeless. Amen. And it's all through the spoken word. Amen. And it's, it's in accordance with the scripture. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. I want you to see some things here. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 3, God said, and God said, let there be light. And what happened? Hmm. Verse number six. What, what happened? Verse number six. And God did what? He said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Genesis 1 and 9. Genesis chapter 1 verse 9. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And the last few words there says, and it was so. Why was it so? Because he said. He spoke it. Somebody heard him. Nature heard him, and nature became because he said. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Genesis 1, verses 14 and 15. And, you get in the picture yet, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years and, and, then, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God said, and it was so. Genesis chapter 1 and 3, 
God said, and it happened. Genesis 1 and 6, God said, and it happened. Genesis 1 and 9, God said, and it was so. Genesis 1 11, God said, and it was so. Genesis 1 14 and 15, God said, and it was so. Genesis 1 and 20, God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that, that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And if you keep reading and you're going to find out, and it was, it happened. Because he said, verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and the beast of the earth after his kind. And guess what? It was so. When God spoke, it happened. He said it. He verbally, uh, maybe I should say this way, he audibly stated, let there be. And it was so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if Genesis isn't good enough for you, let's go to Psalm chapter number 33, verse number 6. I want you to follow with me. Psalms chapter number 33 and verse number 6. Amen. Give you a little time to get there. Psalm 33 and 6 says, by the word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord. Said again, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. And go down to verse 9 and it says, for he did what? He spake and it was done. It was done. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 tells us, in the beginning was the word And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And get this, all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. We're going to come back and talk about this scripture in a moment. Amen. But nothing was made without the Word. It was the Word that caused creation to come into being. Amen. Praise God. There is power in the word that you speak. There is power in the words that God speaks. We understand that. Amen. But I want you to understand, just like God can speak and, and allow life to come where life was not. In fact, the Bible says that the earth was without form and it was absolutely void. Amen. Can you think of anything else in, 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 uh, in your history? In your personal history that was without form and that was void? I sure can. Think about my life before I got the Holy Ghost. It was without form and it was void. But God spoke. A preacher preached a message one day at, at, at uh, the youth camp here in Kansas. Uh, and this nine-year-old boy at the moment. Hey Amen. The next day I was ten, all right? Amen. So I might as well say I was ten. But that, that night, I'll never forget. I walk down to the altar, and I'm praying with my buddies. And the next thing I know, they're picking me up off the floor and putting me on the, on the front pew. And I'm talking in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Let me tell you something. God spoke into my life that night. And God brought me to a place of faith and complete surrender that I was able to give myself to God. Hallelujah. And he's done the same for many of us in this room tonight. And I'm thankful for it. Amen. There is power of death and there is power of life in the spoken word. 
Amen. There is power of the spoken and manifest word. Let's talk about this for just a moment. Ride with me for a moment here. Not only does the spoken word have creative power, but I want you to understand the spoken word also has salvational power after it is manifest. Amen. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Amen. Here in this, in this passage, you've heard me ta- teach on it. I'm just going to hit it very quickly. Amen. The word, word, comes from the original Greek word, logos, or logos, however you want to pronounce it. Amen. But at the end of the day, you've got to understand, this word simply implies that there was a plan. There was a plan, a blueprint. Some order was already in the mind of God all the way from the beginning of time. Now, I want you to understand, he was that plan the entire time. Some will say that Jesus, the the man Jesus Christ, existed from the beginning of time, and he was the word. Well, in, in essence, yes. But at the end of the day, it was God. It was that almighty spirit that indwelt that man that was born of Mary. By the way, he he was born of Mary. That was when he came into being. Amen. Praise God. I don't, I'm not here to teach a oneness lesson tonight, but I want you to understand that, that we're talking about the word, this plan, this blueprint that God had in his mind of how he was going to save the entire world and he was going to offer salvation to every single human being, amen, from the beginning of time until today, amen. And, and so we, we see here that the word logos, amen, means it is a thought or it is a plan of God, amen. But I want you to notice something here, amen. There was power of the word that was not realized in his time. Uh, you got to understand, when Jesus was here, the Bible says in, in that same chapter, John chapter 1, if you don't believe me, look it up for yourself, John chapter 1, it tells us that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. They didn't receive him. But when the power of the word was not realized, when it was only in the mind of God, it had to be manifest. It had to come into being. It had to be visible. It had to be comprehensible. You understand what I'm saying tonight? The Bible is telling us that, hey, God had a plan. Ride with me a minute. Brother Tuffy, I got some ideas. In fact, I got in my mind the church building that I want to build down here that's going to have all these different things. And guess where it's at? Right here. Do you know what that plan looks like? Why not? I haven't told you yet. Yeah? I bet our ideas are very similar. Yeah? I do? Yeah? That See, I've told you that, right? That's the part of the plan. But God had a plan, Donnie. God had a plan. And he had that plan all the way back to the beginning of time. Who knew that plan? 
Who knew what that plan was going to be? Aside from God, nobody. Why? I haven't met one human. Exactly. I haven't met one human who's a, who's a mind reader. They want to think they are. They want to gimmick you into and persuade you that they are. The only things that they can know that are in your mind alone is what God reveals to them. Because, by the way, surprise, surprise, the devil is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Only God knows. And that's why, maybe that's why God kept it to himself for so long. Because he didn't want the devil trying to do what he could to stop his plan from going into to, to action. I, I, know, I know that God is all-powerful and the devil couldn't do anything to stop what God's will was. But I can tell you this, the devil sure would have tried if he would have known what it was. And I'm sure that, you know, i got to be careful here. All right, this is my opinion. That's where I'm going. This is my opinion. But why do you think that the Israelites struggled doing what God was asking them to do so many times? And why they kept backsliding away from God? Because the devil was at work. Because he saw a plan forming. He saw some things getting into place. And he said, I'm not going to let God do what God wants to do because I want to be God. He said, I will be like the Most High. That's what he said. Amen. I, I, we don't have time to get off on that anymore. But I want you to understand that God had a plan. God had some thoughts. He had an idea of what he wanted to accomplish. And it, he still has a plan. But he revealed his plan to us. And he spoke it, and he allowed it to come into existence. John chapter 1 and verse 14, And the word was made flesh, and it dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word that was from the beginning of time, the same word, Brother Tuffy, that said, let there be, and it was so. That same word was manifest in the flesh and dwelt among men so that we could know what the plan of God was. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I was a part of that plan. And you were a part of that plan. And God wants to use us in a mighty way. Amen. But I want you to understand, he also wanted to reveal to us the power of the word. Hallelujah. I'm not just talking about this word. There is power in this word. There is power in this word. But when you begin to speak this word and you begin to speak in faith and you don't hold back and you allow the, the Holy Ghost to flow from your mouth, amen, let me tell you something. There is some power in that. There's power in that. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm getting down to the, to the end here. So just ride with me just a little bit more. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have good thoughts. It's good to have good thoughts. It's good to have good thoughts of prayer. There are some moments that it's not conducive to me shouting out, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. 
There are times where I'm in places where I feel like I need to pray, and so I'm, I'm going to start praying under my breath. I'm going to start praying in my mind that God help us because I know God can hear my thoughts. I know that God can, God, God can know what I'm thinking. Amen. He, he can't hear them because they're not audible, but I can tell you he knows what they are. Amen. He knows what's going on in that mind of mine. But let me tell you something. When I get a chance, the first chance I get, I'm going to find me a place. I don't care how many times I, I, I've... I'm sure people thought I was a foolish person, but I don't, I don't know how many times as soon as I got in my car, shut the door, and I got that car started up, and I started moving out, I started talking to God, and I, I wasn't talking under my breath anymore. I was talking out loud, God, you know what, what's going on right now. Amen. I, I couldn't reach out to you like I wanted to a few moments ago, but God, I need you to hear me right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's power. There's power when you speak out loud. There's power in your prayer when you begin to call on the name of the Lord. Amen. And, it, and it's audible, not just to you. Amen. Not, not just loud enough for you to understand what you're saying, but loud enough for God to hear you. Amen. Let me tell you something. Paul and Silas, uh, when they were in the midst of that, that prison house, you know what started that place of shaking? When Paul and Silas, when it was midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto the Lord. And guess what happened? The prisoners heard them. That tells me they were not being quiet about it. They weren't being quiet about it. I want you to pay attention to something that Jesus said in Luke chapter number 11, verses 1 through 4. It says, and it came to pass that as she was praying, uh, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, just like John also taught his disciples. And I want you to pay attention to how he responded. I'm not going to read this whole passage. You can take it home and read it for yourself. I've taught on this passage in many, many different times. But I want you to pay attention to how Jesus responded to that request. And he said to them, when you pray, what's the next word? Three letters. When you pray, say. When the disciples said, Jesus, will you please teach us how to pray? Jesus said, when you pray, you've got to start talking. And he gave them an example of how their prayer should flow. And, and, and we, we, we could dissect that, and I have dissected that, and we will dissect it later, amen, in another, another study. But I want you to understand, Jesus said, when you pray, I want you to start talking. I want you to say, amen, there are some words that need to be spoken out loud, amen. Can I pause here for a second? And, and I'm going to ask, I, I want to I explain something. In the, in the line of work that I do, aside from preaching, when I'm, when I'm working and I'm struggling trying to break through something, your husband probably does this a lot too because he's the one that taught me how to do it. In my mind, when I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the screen. Before long, all of the stuff that I've been working on starts looking the same. And I can't figure out how the logic pieces should be fitting together. And so what I have done and what I like to do, and I don't have this set up at home yet because I got one office and a bunch of us share it, 
Amen. Eventually, we're going to have, I'm going to have my own office downstairs. I'm going to have a, a big old whiteboard on my wall. And guess what's going to happen? I'm going to go. I'm going to take a, uh, an expo marker, and I'm going to start writing. And I'm going to be talking to myself out loud as I'm writing on that board because I'm thinking out the process. I don't know how many hours one day. I, I, I spent at least most of the day struggling through this problem. I was at the office, and I, I got up, and I said, you know what? I'm so frustrated. I'm going to take a nap. I went, take, took a small little break, came back in the office, and I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk out loud to myself, and I'm going to write it on that board right there. And it wasn't less than 10 minutes. It wasn't more than 10 minutes. Maybe I should say that. It wasn't more than 10 minutes that I had the answer to what the problem was. I sat back down at my computer, and boom. There's something about, and this is not my original quote. This is my brother Jared Hilton's original quote. At least he, he's the one I heard, first heard it say it. But he said this. He said, there's something about hearing yourself talk about it. And sometimes if I don't have a whiteboard, I'll go find somebody to talk to. They have zero idea of what I'm trying to get accomplished. But I just go and say, hey, can I use you as a sounding board? And I'll talk to them, and most of the time they're not even paying attention to what I'm saying, but at least I feel like I'm doing something. And in just a few moments of hearing myself talk through the problem, I get an answer. I don't know why we are like that, folks, but there's power in the spoken word. There's power in the spoken word. Prayer is not a ritual. Prayer is not a recitation, but it needs to be something that is spoken from the heart. Oh, help me, Jesus. I should have put this scripture in here. But Jesus told his disciples, from the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. Oh, man. Ah. Oh. You got to understand, when I've got something full up in my heart, guess what's going to happen? It's going to start bubbling out of my mouth. I'm going to start talking about it. Amen. Why do you think when I come to the house of the Lord, I begin to holler out, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so great. Why do you think I sing with everything I got? Because something down on the inside of me is trying to get out. And the only way that I can get it across to anybody is through the words that I speak. And if I can do that in a church service, why can't I do that when I'm talking with my Savior? Why can't I do that when I'm talking to Him? Amen. There's power when I speak out loud in prayer to God. Hallelujah. I don't know if you can feel what I feel. I feel the witness of what what I'm talking about here tonight. Amen. Prayer is not a ritual, but it needs to be something that's spoken from my heart. So when we pray, what should we say? I don't know, but I can tell you this. You're going to speak out praise. You're going to speak out thanksgiving. You're going to speak out special requests. You're going to speak out your struggles. You're going to speak out your weaknesses. You're going to speak out your doubts. You're going to speak out your dreams, your desires desires and ambitions you're going to call on the name of the lord 
Amen. That's another, uh, all these scriptures are flooding in right now. Amen. Calling on the name of the Lord. Calling on the name of the Lord. Let me tell you something. That's not something you do quietly. You don't call on Jesus quietly. When you call on the name of the Lord, you're acting like Bartimaeus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That's what it should be like when I call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans chapter number 8 verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. Pay attention to what it says. With groanings that cannot be uttered, there's sound coming out. There's sound coming out when I'm praying unto the Lord and he begins to intercede through me. There's sound that's coming out of my mouth. Amen. When I'm calling on Jesus, we need to pray with groanings that can't be uttered. That's praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude tells us that when we do these things, we build ourselves up in our most, most holy faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hebrews 5 and 7 says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers, he had offered up prayers, he had offered up prayers and supplications with what? Strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Amen. I want you to think about this with me. We're talking about Jesus while he's in the garden. Amen. And, and he's there praying unto the Lord. Jesus, who was our example, prayed with strong crying and he prayed with tears. Amen. I want you to pay attention in this passage of scripture here. Amen. Strong crying. This is not Hebrews. Amen. Strong crying and tears are two separate statements. A lot of times we merge crying and tears together as one and the same thing. But not in this, not in this sentence. In the original, he was crying. He was verbally reaching out. He was crying. He was groaning. He, you, you make some noises when you're really, really crying. Amen. When you're really, really upset. Amen. Not just tears flowing down your face. Amen. But you're saying some stuff. Amen. Especially when you're praying out loud to the Lord. Amen. There needs to be some strong, strong, strong cries unto God when we're praying to him. Amen. There's power in prayer. And there's power in praying out loud. Hallelujah. I, 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 I need... To say this, and then I'm going to move on. If you're going to receive the Holy Ghost, if you're seeking the Holy Ghost, I think every single person in this room that I was there when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, you weren't quiet when the Holy Ghost came. If you're going to receive the Holy Ghost, you can't receive it with your mouth closed. Because a part of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost includes him speaking through your mouth. And so there has to be something audible there. You're not talking to the people around you. You're talking to God. And I, I, had, I had somebody get upset with me one time because I, I told a young child, I said, hey, if you're not talking out loud so I can hear you, 
then, then you're not talking to God like you need to to get the Holy Ghost. And they got upset with me. And I said, look, how, how, how is he going to know that he got the Holy Ghost if he's not verbally talking to God? Because God is going to verbally speak through him. He's going to use his voice. But he's got to voluntarily put that out. It's a spoken word. If you want the Holy Ghost, you got to be willing to say, hey, I don't care who's around me. I don't care what they think about me. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to just begin to praise him. I've already asked him for forgiveness. I've already asked him for help in my life. And here I am. I'm lifting my hands and I'm crying out to God and I want him to know what it is I'm after. And so I'm going to tell him, God, I want the Holy Ghost. And then I'm going to begin just to say, thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Ghost. I don't know why I'm going down this path, but I I want you to follow with me. Amen. When I'm reaching out to God, Amen. When those that are seeking the Holy Ghost, uh, they lift their hands. They begin to talk to God. God, I need you. God, I love you. Amen. And as, as as they continue to seek after God and begin to praise him, let me tell you something. That's when God fills you with the Holy Ghost. Because at that moment, all you're worried about is God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So in conclusion tonight. There's power in praying aloud. Acts chapter number 4, verses 21 through 24. I'm going to jump all the way to verse 24. Just give you a quick synopsis of what's going on. Paul and Silas, not Paul and Silas, uh, John and Peter were, were, were there and they were being tried. And Peter and John were there um, and they had been tried by the Sanhedrin and they were sent out after they had been beaten and they went back to their church members and they met with them and the Bible says in verse 24 after they had explained everything that had transpired in verse 24 and when they heard that the Bible says they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. And you jump down to verse 29, and it says, And now, Lord, amen, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that we may speak thy word. We want to speak your word. They did this audibly. But not just one individual doing this audibly. If you look at this rendition, you can see that they were all praying at the same time. They were in one accord, meaning they were all doing the same thing at the same exact time. Amen. And the Bible says here, amen, that after leaving that council, amen, they went back to their friends and their family and they said, hey, this is what happened. And before they could even say, hey, we're done, we're going to go home, go to sleep, we're going to get up tomorrow and try again. No, they didn't even bother going home yet. They said, hey, let's pray together. And they lifted up their voice and they begin to cry to the Lord, and they begin to magnify him first off, and they said, God, this is what we desire. We want boldness to continue to speak your word to this old world. Amen. They lifted up their voice. They talked to God. Amen. They didn't pray in silence. Amen. They didn't take turns praying. They all prayed out loud together, and God responded to 
them because in Acts 4 and 31 it says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken and they where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. God heard them and God answered them. When they prayed out loud, the place was shaken where they were together. They were filled with the Holy Ghost in that same place. And when they left that place, God gave them boldness to speak the word of God boldly. This is the prayer. This is the power of praying out loud. Boldness in prayer produces boldness in our witness. Boldness in prayer produces a powerful shaking of the Holy Ghost. Boldness in prayer produces everyone being filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody gets filled with the Holy Ghost when they're praying out loud with a passion. I'm going to close with these two verses. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says, Let us therefore... These next two words are key. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And as I close with this verse, can we stand to our feet? Second Chronicles, a very, 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 very popular passage of Scripture. I want to bring your attention to this verse. In the prayer of Solomon, and in the dedication of the, of the temple, here we have God speaking to his people. And he says this, If my people, <laughs> who's his people? You, and me, if my people will do what? Which are called by my name, that's even more precise, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and heal their land. As I was studying for this, going through these notes, I looked at Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. And the word that was translated here in the original Hebrew simply means I'm going to hear something audible. It just simply means hearing an audible sound. How can he hear an audible sound if we're not speaking out loud? Does that mean you have to scream when you pray? No. But I can promise you this. The deeper you get in prayer, the more passionate that you become. And the deeper that God begins to draw you. I've said this time and time again. 
we've got to understand my prayer, my prayer really didn't start until I reached that place where God began to speak through me. And it's when I reached that place that I shouldn't stop, but I should dig a little deeper. Because God will begin to reveal things to you. God will begin to show you what he wants to do in your life when you begin to dig in to that realm of prayer that I'm trying to emphasize tonight. God will reveal to you the different gifts of the Spirit. I've talked about these things. God wants to use folks in the gifts of the Spirit. But he can't do those things effectively if we're not crying out to him like we're supposed to. A year of Jubilee is not going to be successful unless we're willing to cry unto the Lord. And so here at the end of this service, I'm wondering, is anybody willing to cry out to God for just a few moments before we go home tonight? Are you willing to allow his word to settle in your heart and allow it to find fertile soil so that it can be applied to your life, not just here tonight, but tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, every day that you wake up, God, I want more of you. God, I want to I grow more comfortable praying out loud to you because I know that there's power in those spoken words when I begin to speak to you. Uh, amen. Can we talk to God for just a few moments in this place tonight? Can we lift our voices and talk to him? Jesus, we need you. Jesus, God, I thank you, Lord, for the witness of the Holy Ghost that I felt so many times today. God, I pray that you would have let the revelation of this rest upon our hearts and minds.
up our praise to him just for a moment more here tonight. Can you let him know how much you love him today? You're worthy, Jesus. You're magnificent in this place tonight, God. Oh, you're excellent in this house. Thank you for your power tonight. The power we find in prayer, Jesus. God, knowing that we can come and talk to a Savior who is always listening. Thank you for your goodness, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Well, thank God for his goodness tonight. Amen. He's faithful. Wonderful. There's power in prayer. Amen. I challenge you. I challenge you. If you haven't already, try, try, just try to pray out loud every once in a while and see how God meets with you. Amen. He's faithful like that. He's awesome. Amen. He's been faithful to me. Amen. And every time I've ever needed him, called on his name. I called on his name. Praise God. Amen. Well, this weekend, regular service times, 10 o'clock, Sunday school, Bible class, 1130 worship service. Amen. Uh, one thing that uh, I did a couple of weeks ago that I want to start making a normal thing 
that is those of us that are involved in the service. I want us to gather together about between five and two minutes before the service. I want us to gather together right here in the front. I want us to join hands and I want us to pray together asking for God's anointing upon us as we begin to lead in worship and in singing and in preaching so that the Holy Ghost will move in our midst. And those of any, and if anybody else wants to join us in those prayer chains in, the, in, those, in those times, you're welcome to. You don't have to be singing. You don't have to be playing. But specifically those of us that are going to be involved on the platform and, and in teaching, I definitely want to be meeting together. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking um, was even with Sunday school, those of us that are teaching, I'd like for us to gather together and ask God to help us during those moments. Amen. I, I want the anointing of God like I've never had it before. Amen. Because I want to see lives changed. I want to see lives changed. We're seeing it happen, but I want to see it even deeper. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, this weekend, it is the Howell family. reminder, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday is our family and friends day, and so we're going to have a 1030 service, so not this weekend, this weekend's 10 o'clock, we're having Bible class and Sunday school. Next week, the week after this Sunday, two Sundays from now, maybe I should say it that way, we're going to have our family and friends day, the 22nd, and we're going to have a good time, we're going to have church at 10 in the morning, no Sunday school. No Bible class. That Friday night, the 27th, just found out that most of the young folks that were going to come 